Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I hope you feel good enough about this podcast to review it, if possible, where you listen. And Krista, you love to read reviews. I do. We got this one from Crazed Commuter, and he says, The Mr. Rogers of Finance, best podcast on personal finance. His sincere, insightful advice has saved me and my family thousands of dollars over the years. His YouTube videos should be required in schools. Clark stinks like a fresh sack of hundreds from the credit union. Whoa. Now, speaking of Clark Stinks, we teased this yesterday. You asked for it. So for the first time ever in the history of Clark Stinks, which goes back 25 years, I guess? No, like maybe 20. 20 years. We are devoting the entire episode to Clark Stinks. That's right. A double dose opportunity for me to learn from my mistakes. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, let's hear it, Krista. All right, let's let's get into these. Um, we're going to start with this one. I'm all for advocating for people to go to the cashback route on credit cards, but Clark recently stunk it up like a Taco Bell bathroom when he mentioned his $320 city double cash redemption as a statement credit. Clark should know that for city double cash, it's imperative to redeem as a direct deposit because of their rule that you get the other 1% when you pay and getting a statement credit means you don't pay. Clark therefore only got 1% on $320 worth of his purchases, Ben. And Ben represents so many people who wrote in about this. I had no idea they were tricking me. Oh no. <laughs> See, that's a great question. Wait a minute, I've lost all that money? Forever? Mm-hmm. I do stink. I'll never make that mistake again. Oh, no. <laughs> Clark talked about the difficulty of learning the U.S. government site for treasuries. Are you smoking bad weed? Simply use your Fidelity or Schwab accounts, and the process is easy. I do it every month for our church and periodically for personal to get the best money market. David, and a couple of people wrote in yeah. about that, too. So um, this I covered on another podcast, ironically enough about how, and we do this with our company, where we buy the U.S. Treasuries, we use Schwab, and we buy them through Schwab. It's really easy. It's a lot easier and user-friendly through Schwab and Fidelity. What you're able to do is you're able to either buy direct issues for the period of time, commission-free, or you can go into Treasury money funds that they both offer, Those are both available to individuals, small businesses, you name it. Clark, you stink worse than my house after chilly night. Man, we're getting a lot of those. Seriously, (laughs) I love what you do. I've noticed over the past month that your mic makes a lot of noise and it is really annoying. I understand that you want to save a buck, but that noise sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Spend a little money and get a good mic. Jim. Jim, 
Okay, so this is not the Mike's fault. This is completely my fault. If you ever watch our YouTube broadcast, you'll see I use my hands like crazy. And what you hear is I'll be waving my hands and I'll hit the mic like I just did there. So this is as, I don't know, there's a higher quality mic than what we have. We're using their audio technica uh, sports caster kind of headsets mm-hmm. and i know you want me off a sports caster headset krista i really want me off of it <laughs> but the thing is i mean the way i am i'll hit a stationary mic which i always did over the years what we need to do is we need to just tie my hands behind my back but then for some reason i can't think when my hands are <laughs> tied behind my back I've also hit my mic, so it could have been me too in the past. No, so stop. It's all me. We're trying it's my to fault. More Jim, I, I try to be mindful of that, but I still do it. And so just remember, when I drive you crazy with the stray mic sound, it's because I think with my hands and talk with my hands. Good information generally for while we are living, but once we die, your advice could have been better. Congratulations on choosing to give to charity after only some to kids. However, how much is a sum? Instead of your plan to reward the most needy, I have put in place an annual increase of the lifestyle of 25% of each child's reported annual income. My plan is a way to enhance my children's lifestyle instead of giving them enough to buy a lifestyle they have not earned. This further serves to reward industrious producers. There are more details, but generally I want to encourage my children to continue to be productive members of society instead of living a lifestyle they didn't earn and can't afford. Clarence. Clarence, thank you. And this is a hot area in estate planning for wealthier individuals and families that are worried about their kids becoming devoid of ambition is there are all kinds of variable forms of wills that and trust that lawyers now can draw for you if you are worried that a child will lose motivation if you have been really successful financially and you don't want them to behave like a trust fund baby that that's why this is a tool in the toolbox now and when you sit down with an experienced lawyer in wills estates and trusts they can lay out a wide waterfront of options where you can vary the amount of money a child would receive for various um, circumstances. There are even ones now, I don't know if you've heard of this, Krista, where a parent will set up in the will that a kid has to have done, accomplished these things in their life in order to receive their inheritance. That makes me a little sad. I mean, I think you do whatever you want with your own money, but what if your kid decides they want to be a teacher or they're working for a nonprofit to help people, but your other kid goes to law school, like but you're rewarding one for, for that, I guess that's just, but I mean, Clarence can do what he wants to do, but um, that. No, but the point me. is Clarence, what you said is important to mention for people who have more assets is that you do have the ability now upfront to set it up in the way that feels best and right for you, your circumstance, your philosophies, your family. Clark, regarding your answer to as to the safety of sending EE series savings bonds to the Treasury Department, rather than using Priority Mail Express, the preferred and safer option for sending valuables via the U.S. mail is to use registered mail, which provides secure handling and insurance coverage of up to $50,000. Thanks for all you do, Alan. 
Alan, thank you. You're not the only person to mention this one. And today, thankfully, most I-bonds are electronic. So this is no longer the same issue it was before. And being sure that the money actually gets to the redemption is, that's very good advice you've given. You talked about the healthy benefits of walking, referring to a British study when you stated, if you walk at a fast pace, 9,800 becomes 6,300 steps. Clark, what does that mean? Does it mean there will be no further benefit by walking more than 6,300 steps a day if you walk at a fast pace? You failed to clarify your response, which by itself didn't make sense, Mark. Mark, thank you. Okay, so the British study that's being quoted all over the place, and if you uh, Google it or whatever search engine you use, you can read in full detail. It was talking about how they could not find health benefits beyond 9,800 steps a day. And uh, there are a number of things they went into about that, but they found that there were enormous health benefits at that number. But the study went on to talk about how walking at a vigorous pace increased the benefit and could decrease the number of steps you had to walk per day. I am not a scientist. Um, I'm pitiful at medical knowledge. But I just the reason I talked about it is that one of the most important things in there was even walking a few thousand steps a day for someone who's completely sedentary has enormous health benefits. Okay, brace yourself for this one. Aren't you a little hard on Zell? If I made a purchase online, put a couple hundred dollar bills in an envelope and mailed it to the seller and you didn't get the goods and the seller disappeared, would you complain about the U.S. Postal Service and demand that they pay you back? Zell clearly states, use it to pay only people you know and trust. Kaj. Kaj, thank you. All right. Zell stinks. Zell's rotten. Don't use Zell. Okay. I say that over and over again. And that's kind of the nicest way I've said it, right? Uh, The banks cynically have done a terrible thing here. It's owned by um, eight of the largest banks in the country. And... They just at a U.S. Senate hearing all were like, oh, well, I mean, uh, people having problems with this? What were you talking about? We don't know about this. They know they've got a big problem with Zell. It's in the news every single day. The problem with Zell is the way it links to your checking account. In many cases, even when you didn't know it existed and you didn't ask for it to be set up on your account, has made it really easy for criminals to get into your account and steal money, and the banks wash their hands of it. Zelle is rotten, terrible, with no meaningful consumer protections at this moment. Although federal regulators are looking at putting in place guardrails for Zelle. What upsets me so much about Zelle is that the fraud did not need to happen. The banks have just looked at this out of fear and implemented this because they are so afraid of the fintechs and non-banks. And younger people in particular were very heavily using uh, Cash App and uh, Venmo. And the banks were like, we got to do something about this. We got to do something about this. So they put together this company that they own jointly and said, do this. This is our defense against the non-banks and the fintechs. But they never thought about any aspect of how to protect people from the fraudsters and the criminals hacking into accounts and all the rest. And so Zelle is a broken 
system because it was not designed properly up front and left consumers exposed. You may not even know that Zelle is active on your account. Please deactivate it. Never use it. If you want to pay friends or family, use Venmo or Cash App that don't tie directly into your checking account. Zelle, until it has required consumer protections around it, is radioactive and should be used by no one. And there is no excuse, no excuse, no excuse for the banks establishing a product that they offered with no ability for a consumer to be protected ever, not ever. So I don't know any other way to say it. Zelle is rotten, terrible, never use it. A related question. I'm wondering why you recommend Ally as one of the online banks. I was looking to open an account and was shocked to find that they are partnered with Zelle. And it says, see pages 11 through 29 of their online banking service agreement. Do you still recommend them? Thanks for your straight talk on finance and your warm delivery, Danielle in North Central Florida. And I'll note Schwab also that we talk about a lot. Yeah. Well. So what's happened is that the banking industry and also a lot of credit unions have lined up behind Zell for the exact reason I said. They're terrified of the non-bank actors that are growing and growing and growing in mind share and market share, especially with people under 35. So they've gone to Zell out of fear because they don't even make money from Zell. This is what's so funny. They're hurting their customers so badly and it doesn't make them any money. It is just a stupid, stupid business. I'm surprised by your unthoughtful promotion of artificial turf, which is a disaster for the environment. I agree that Americans have an unhealthy addiction to lawns that millions of dollars are wasted on that requires unnecessary burning of fossil fuels, the application of poisonous fertilizers, and in some states, irresponsible consumption of water to maintain. But promoting artificial turf is not the solution. Promoting one environmental disaster as a trade for another does not add up. This is my interpretation of Clark. Hey guys, let's cover the planet in toxic plastic carpeting as a solution to costly traditional lawn care. You'll love it, and so will all the insects, worms, birds, squirrels, and wildlife you kill with this application. They'll love it too. After that turf gets old and nasty, just pull it up and haul it off to the landfill. We won't have to worry about the forever toxins and poisons it creates. That will be a problem for future generations to solve. This is bad advice, Clark. How about promoting natural solutions like xeriscaping or zeroscaping? Xeriscaping with the X? I said that wrong. Right, so That's Benjamin. Benjamin, thank you. Anyone who knows about what's been going on in Nevada is aware about the xeriscaping that the local water authorities pay you to take up your yard and go to xeriscape. And this is a movement across the Mountain West and will certainly happen in California as well because of the extreme, I guess we're into multi-generational drought, that these, these droughts can occur through human history. They can, they can go on for a very, very long period of time, maybe a blink in the life of Earth, but a significant period of time in humanity. And we have a population now in the water-starved, particularly mountain states, that is so much larger than it used to be. And so, yes, Benjamin, I am completely guilty of narrow vision. 
I've only been looking at this in terms of water shortage issues and have not considered any of the environmental aspects you brought to the table. And I think we all in different ways in life have a certain amount of tunnel vision or narrow vision. And this is an area where obviously my focus has been solely on the water-starved Western states and the water shortage they face. So I appreciate so much what we've heard from you so far. Remember, this is a double bonus Clark Stinks edition. Straight ahead, more of your Clark Stinks. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. By popular demand, we are in overtime on Clark Stinks, the first time ever in the decades we've done Clark Stinks, Mm -hmm. however long it's been, that we are doing double Clark Stinks because we're backed up like this with Clark Stinks posts. So Krista, go right ahead. Clark, you blew my mind with your explanation of the impact on credit card debt when payments are broken into multiple increments over the course of the month instead of paid only once per month. The only stinky part is I've been listening to you for months, and this is the first you've mentioned of this. If you could bring it up more often, it would be great for newer and less frequent listeners. Everyone should know how to stick it to the credit card companies and get out from under their thumb as quickly as possible. Love your show, Annette. So uh, this, the Eisenson method was developed by a guy named Mark Eisenson uh, roughly 30 years ago, where he figured out that with credit cards, paying more frequently and never lowering what you pay per month, even as the balance goes down and the credit card company keeps lowering the required minimum payment, that you keep up paying that equivalent per month, that the math says you'll get out of debt on a credit card in one-fourth the time it would take otherwise. And the math is completely true. The, The part you're referring to in your post is that Credit card interest is figured daily. So paying your credit card company constantly through a month rather than one payment when you're running a balance will significantly lower the amount of interest you pay over the life of that credit card balance you have versus just sending them one payment a month. Don't know whatever happened to Mark Eisenson, but I remember when I had him on the show forever ago and he laid it out, it was like, It was like a eureka moment for listeners at that time. Clark's emphasis on Roth IRAs leaves out qualified charitable distributions. QCDs may be taken after age 70 instead of RMDs on traditional IRAs. Normally, taxes are paid on required minimum distributions, but by giving some or all of them as QCDs, 
The money goes to charity of your choice instead of the IRS. Gerald. Gerald, thank you. This is something that tends to be geared towards more wealthy people who have traditional IRAs. And I do have a legacy traditional IRA. And when I'm age eligible, this is exactly what I'll do is I'll be doing QCDs. I don't talk about it because it tends to skew very wealthy or very high income, but it is a strategy when you have money that you're, there's charities you love to support, you don't need the money for current living expenses or you don't see anticipate the need in the future, you can instead of uh, doing the RMD that you're required to do now at age 72, I think, you can do the QCD and give up to one, uh, don't quote me on this, I think it's $100,000 each year to the charity or charities of your choice and avoid having to do the required minimum distribution. Clark listed careers that do not require a college degree. Paralegal was included. I worked as a paralegal in three different states and none of the private law firms I worked for hired individuals who did not have a bachelor's degree for paralegal positions. The best sources of information on required qualifications would be to seek out people working as paralegals. They would also be able to explain the difference between paralegal positions at a private law firm, corporation, financial institution, etc., or provide advice on who to get in touch with for more details. In addition, contacting local, state, and national professional paralegal associations would provide useful info. I've always recommended that career seekers consult someone who's working in the path they're interested in pursuing. Lee. Lee, I love everything you posted. And I want to go back to what you said about the firms all required the bachelor's. It is traditional that a lot of industries have required a bachelor's degree as a necessary credential, not related to the skills necessary, particularly for that job. Airline pilots were always required to be college graduates. Those requirements, I think, are gone. They're not gone at all airlines. They're gone from most airlines now. More and more jobs that used to just by rote require, rather than a set of skills, require a college degree are removing the college degree requirement. Law is a very traditional field. And even though a bachelor's is not required in any state I know of, firms may still require it by tradition. Clark, how can you get your insurance through Tesla? Isn't beating some pseudo sports car off the line part of the joy? Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) So Tesla is using the knowledge they have about every second you're behind the wheel to be able to sell insurance and have full risk-based pricing. And they're adding the insurance in more and more states. And you're with Amica. Have you ever looked to see if you could insure your Tesla and your husband's Tesla? That's what we use. You, You use we just use them. We don't. You, we haven't you've checked not Tesla now. Seen mm-hmm. on the Tesla insurance. Okay. You recently answered a question about young people, five and seven years old, who picked up lost golf balls and resold them. You recommended the father open a Roth IRA with the self-employment earnings at Fidelity because they have a one dollar minimum. What you didn't mention was that if an individual has self-employment income over four hundred dollars, the individual must pay self-employment taxes. I believe that at higher income levels, one half of self-employment tax is federal tax deductible, Bill. So, Bill, this does come up about the SE and the 15.3 fairly often when it concerns kids earning money on the side 
or any business where people earn like uh, I was with somebody at a meal and they were paying and they left the tip in cash. And they explained to me, they always leave the tip in cash so that the server will never have to report the income. And uh, I thought that was funny that because they're supposed to report the income, however it comes. So if you don't want the kids to have to pay the SE tax, then you don't do the Roth. But the thing is, the long-term benefit of the Roth and building that habit in a child is so valuable that being in compliance with the tax laws and paying the 15.3, I think is worth doing. Recently, you told listeners that all home warranty companies were a waste of money and tended to deny claims. I did say that. I was an HVAC contractor for 20 years and worked with the largest of them all. Not once was a claim denied or questioned. Even when a full unit changeout was necessary, I never had an issue. For people who can't come up with thousands of dollars on the spot, this isn't a bad option. Peter. Peter, thank you. And I do appreciate because I, I say that with complete certainty and say that there's no exception. And you're pointing out that you worked with the company for years that actually did in good faith pay their claims. All we hear, and especially at our off-air center, the Team Clark Consumer Action Center, we never hear praise for any home warranty coverage. We only hear problems and complaints, and there's been a lot of problems in the industry. So my thing has always been that the safer bet is to take the five, six, $700 you have to pay each year, put it in a savings account, and have that money when something does go wrong. Either you stink worse than 13-year-old boys' sneakers, or maybe I do. You frequently recommend the Roth, as an earned dollar goes into a Roth as, a, as 68 cents at a nominal tax rate of 32%. That same dollar is invested in a traditional IRA as $1. Take this example, the 30-year-old teacher who wrote into you, a conservative growth rate of 5%, and drawing out the investment at 65, assuming a t- retirement tax rate of 15%, then the Roth dollar grows to and yields $3.43, while the traditional IRA money grows to and yields $4.05 at the 15% tax rate. Even at a 28% tax rate, which very few retirees pay, the traditional IRA yields the same $3.43, a break-even. What am I missing, Len? Lynn, oh, thank you. Thank you for posting this. Okay, so a couple of things. And you look at the new tax brackets we're going to cover on a future podcast, what the 23 tax brackets are and how that relates to decisions you make with money, is that most people are in a substantially lower tax bracket than the nominal tax bracket you gave in the low 30s. Maximum is 37 but most people's effective tax rate is lower than 22. But there's a diabolically sinister reason I push people towards Ross instead of traditional. And you're going to think worse of me now. But if I put in after-tax dollars in a Roth, or I put the same amount before-tax dollars in a traditional, I effectively have boosted the amount of my pay I'm putting towards retirement by a significant amount of money. Because I'm using after-tax dollars, I'm effectively taking much more of my check and putting it aside for retirement. 
my whole thing is sneaky, underhanded, and dishonest. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get people inadvertently to save more money for the future. Because one of the big problems we have is most Americans are way under saving for later in life. By getting people to do the Roth, even if the tax rates are the same in and out, I'm getting them to save much more money, and they will have much more money in retirement. But there's something else as well. The Roth gives you much more flexibility where you avoid some of the tax hits you can suffer in retirement, how Social Security is treated, what you have to pay for Medicare Part B and all the rest. Having that after-tax pile eliminates those kind of problems later. And I want to tell you, I love doing Clark Stinks. And I hope that you enjoyed our experiment doing double Clark Stinks. I don't think this is what we will normally do, but uh, we got this backlog we got to work through because I've been stinking it up a lot. I'm telling you, I do use a good deodorant. I'm just not smelling like it. So thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And I'd love it if you also take time to review our podcast. Wherever you obtain our podcast, take, take the time, if you will, and let us know what you love, what you don't love about the podcast. And if there is something you're thinking, well, I mean, those Clark Snakes, those just really didn't get to what I'm unhappy about. Go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and post. Have a great day.